The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Beyond and hello and welcome once again to IGN's weekly PlayStation show. I'm your host, Max Scoville, and joining me today are Jada Griffin, Brian Altano, and Akeem Lawanson. Hello, everybody. Thanks hello. For- you showed up. You're cool. Yeah, I did. The other two of you, you're on thin ice calling in. How dare you? How dare you both? Akeem, you I, know you need to be on the bus on Monday evening to get to the studio for us sometime. Monday evening. I'm at, I'm at the same place I've always been no, for I'm however just, long just, I've been on this show. How I'm dare just yeah. giving you yeah, guys a hard thin time. Ice. I'm just <laughs> razzing you, but you are on thin ice, Akeem, so watch it, buddy. Anyway. Um, How do we make it thicker? Tell me now. Um, I just throw another you, layer of water down. Less fire, more gotcha. cold. Uh, anyway. Um, we We're doing cool a board stuff. game episode. Thin, Thin Ice was a good game. That was a good game. Was that the paper card. towel one where you get the paper towel wet and the marble It's so through? cheap. You just get wet paper towels and you put balls on them until they collapse. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- yeah, this is a show about the Sony PlayStation game console and video game ecosystem. We have all sorts of important business dues to discuss, but also some silly stuff like Spider-Man shoes and foam stars. But uh, we should probably address the wonderful, big, huge, loud blog post that went up immediately after we recorded last week, which is the news that Jim Ryan is retiring, the head of Sony Interactive Entertainment, uh, who has been with the company since 1994. Uh, He could have gone for a full 30 years, but he's doing it a little bit short, a little bit. uh, He's going to dip out in March 2024, which is, uh, I think he started shortly before the release of the original PlayStation way back in 94. Can't wear out, you're welcome. Um, yeah, but yeah, he didn't get uh, that platinum. He didn't get the plat. He didn't platinum PlayStation. So uh, you know he'll forever have that shame hanging over his head. Just fake gamer. That's what we call him. <laughs> Real businessman, fake gamer. Uh, I think there's some of those out there. But yeah, uh, Sony's chief operating officer Hiroki Totoki will be taking over as interim CEO. Uh, and yeah, I mean Ryan has like an interesting legacy because he's clearly been there for a while. And it's not like he is the guy who goes up to the dry erase board and draws the next PlayStation and then everyone's like, "All right, we'll make that." Like it's a massive corporation that has all sorts of moving parts, all sorts of people making business decisions. It's publicly traded, so there's of course, you know, uh a ominous uh, you know, a, a room full of just big sort of monolithic faces that just have voices like an Evan Galleon and they're just like trade trade that to buy sell low high whatever I, I don't know how business works anyway um but yeah so Jim Ryan has sort of I think he's got pe- people are relieved to hear he's leaving which yeah. is you know I I get I get it you know he's he's simultaneously can kind of take credit for the PS5 being a massive, massive success success as a console, but also uh, he (laughs) put his foot in his mouth a couple times, you know? Oh, a bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How do we, I mean, how do we all feel about this? 
I mean, uh, no, go for it, Jada. I mean, it's just, I don't know. For me, it's it's not that big of a thing for me. I, I see a lot of the sentiment online that people are excited that he's leaving. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. Uh, like, he did some, like you said, he did some good things. He did some bad things. I think that's all business people in general. Like, like you're not going to be... Not gonna, you're not going to be, not everybody's going to be a Reggie Philzame. You know, it'd be, nobody, not everybody can, can be that when it comes to. He invented the 3DS. Did you know that? He did. He made it with his bare hands. Bare hands. His enormous hands. He, he walked why, into, yeah. he walked into a production meeting at Nintendo, said, my body is ready. And then he created the 3DS out right, of nothing. Kick ass and make 3DSs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, but I don't like the idea of Reggie producing the 3DS from his body. Can we shut that down right now? <laughs> Let's not run with that rumor, please not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Heard it here first on IGN's number one PlayStation show, the history of that the is threes. not how consoles are made. <laughs> no. They're not produced by bodies. Technically no, a handheld, not a console. But anyway, yeah. go on. Okay, but people don't lay them like eggs. <laughs> <It's just> a... <laughs> I was thinking more of just like creating matter from in his hand, but that's fine. You guys, you guys went further. You guys went okay. making it. So you're saying he laid so, the so, egg in his hand? Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah. So basically, Jim Ryan, he doesn't. He, you know, he's a. He's That's a how he got man. that nickname in high school. Egg hands. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so the PlayStation 5 has been real <laughs> successful as a console, doing real great over there. It sold, what, 40 million units or something? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that's not something that, you know, Jim Ryan can take full credit for because it was kind of a thing that was in motion beforehand. And I think the, the first four PlayStations before it kind of helped, you know, generate some of that goodwill. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he can also, you know, if he can take credit for that, he could also be blamed for stuff like the PSVR too, which hasn't had the most exactly, I, I guess, numbers-wise, it's I mean, doing okay, yeah. but also... It's selling well. There's, I mean, there's a lot of good games out for the PSVR 2. Not, like, first-party Sony stuff that we've been all asking for and, like, wanting updates on. Um, but there is a good, healthy library. There's a bunch of stuff that just dropped recently. So a lot of people are coming That's very true. soon. There is actually, there has been a, a ton of... Uh PSVR 2 game and got they got announced over on the the blog. It would be nice to have like a you know a, a PlayStation state of play about that or you know just a little update for people who are into that thing. It yeah. just it just feels like it's kind of they've been kind of radio silent about the PSVR 2. So, it's, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, there's also the the PlayStation Portal, formerly known as the Project Q, which uh, is up for pre-order now. People mm -hmm. are I think it's it's isn't it out like next month, like November, out, yeah, right? It's out November fifteenth. Yeah. So that's a thing. I don't you know we've talked about that a bit. Uh, yeah, the other Max, big thing. Go ahead. It, it is. It's worth pointing out that Jim Ryan said that like one of the reasons he's not working there anymore is because like he didn't want to travel, like the traveling got too much, and this is all the more reason that PlayStation needs an actual dedicated handheld gaming device and not this cloud bullshit. Mm. If they had if they had made a Vita two, I think Jim Ryan would still be at the company. He can't so, play his games while he's while he's flying to Japan exactly. constantly. Well, Good, totally totally job sense. PlayStation. It costs you a president, and I hope you're happy. <laughs> no, but yeah. I think that's the reason why it was created, though, because he doesn't like to travel, so he just wants to be at home with the PlayStation portal. Good job, PlayStation. You cost us a handheld. <laughs> <laughs> you go now live to footage of the PlayStation portal being picked up. Uh, that's it. You know, it's I don't know. It this is. Definitely a, a weird legacy, you know. I think a lot of people kind of look at Jim Ryan, and he's always been—he's always been like very much businessman. Whereas mm -hmm. you look at, you know, like Shuhei or Sean Layden, and there's a certain kind of like, you know, they—they seem very like amiable. They're—they're, they're, you know, approachable. Yeah. Meanwhile, like Jim Ryan, you know, he—one of the things that made everyone mad is that when, uh, you know. Roe versus Wade was about to get overturned. He sent out an email where it's like, well, everybody disagrees sometime. Anyway, it was my cat's birthday recently. Yeah. And it was, people were yeah. like, what are you doing? What's going on over there? Um, well, I think it's also nothing. like- they, That's, what, that's we, what he was doing. <laughs> we have, 
Sony and I, I think honestly, a, a lot of these, a lot of these companies. Although, although I think like you know, Xbox and Nintendo still keep the lights on a little bit. They've moved away from like the um, showcase or the the stage show that is the conference that is led by a company figurehead, CEO, uh, president guy. Um, and in moving away from that, at the exact same time they transitioned over to Jim Ryan. Like those two eras almost over, overlap entirely. And so you have like this lack of forward-facing personality. Right now we have, you know, uh, showcases and state of plays that are largely guided by a disembodied voice. It's like, cool, everyone's having a great time. Coming up next, it's about to get foamy. And then they show <laughs> Foam Stars gameplay. Or like, coming up next, here comes 17 minutes of Suicide Squad. The gang is back to get into more goofy antics. And like, I don't, that's fine. You know, that's... Like that's what Maria Menounos does at work, but like I, I think what they're looking for here is what we're looking for here is like somebody that can like be forward facing. But mm -hmm. at the same time, it's like I don't know, billionaire CEOs aren't really your friends either. So yeah, you know, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Like yeah, I I think what most PlayStation fans will look at in terms of the Jim Ryan era is that it's you know while the PS5 is great, there's a bunch of great games out there and coming. Um, he, his era of like sort of like leadership is not necessarily uh, people's favorites. Although it's worth pointing out that there are a lot of people who have worked internally at Sony, uh, both past and present, that had almost nothing but good things to say about him on social media. So like guys like John Drake, who were there for a long time, Sean Layden, uh, who we were just shouting out, um, who's been like kind of like very candid on Twitter recently. Um, they worked with him for a long time and really liked, you know, where he was and what he was doing. So I think it's worth shouting out that like he definitely brought a lot to the company for a long time. But for what the public perceived during his era mm -hmm. was like not really great. I wasn't yeah. really wild about his his bedside manner. For yeah, and again, it's term. like he's not, you know, that's he don't yeah. kill the messenger, that kind of thing. And it's yeah. like he's not like this you know, all-powerful king of PlayStation who comes out and goes, do this, do that, PlayStation. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. a lot of decisions that were, you know, I don't know if they're above his pay grade, but they're just being made in other other. Yeah, it's not, he doesn't have unilateral rule over what was decided to do and mm -hmm. stuff like that. He may make suggestions and, you know, he may be the person who's, like, enforcing it or being like, hey, this is what we're focusing on after talking to all the other stakeholders. Um, but, yeah, like... I don't know. I think I think it was his tenure was fine. I don't think it was. It's got to suck to to retire after like thirty years with a company and just be like a bunch of gamers being like, "Good riddance, get out of here." <laughs> He's like, "I did so much for you. Don't know what I got for you in your in these PlayStation right. so, games." I don't know. That, that said, one thing I do want to talk about is uh, the other thing that's going on right now with PlayStation was the in, you know during the Jim Ryan era is the big push into live service mm -hmm. games, which. We've talked about this a bit. At one point, I think we heard, you know, PlayStation had, what, nine live service games? Twelve, I think it was. something, a bunch was, of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, the, the number jumps around. It was like George Lucas's original Star Wars planned movies. But uh, much like that, you know, some of them have seen the light of day. Some of them haven't. We found out today Naughty Dog uh, has apparently laid off some contractors who were working on the Last of Us multiplayer game, which is a huge bummer. That sucks. Mm -hmm. That especially sucks for, you know, people who need jobs, which, you know... That would that would be nice if they were uh, able to have things to do that kept them paid and fed and all that. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, it also sucks on a on a much more sort of relevant to our audience interest level that uh, this doesn't bode well for what that game has going on for it. Uh, and we really haven't had much in the way of right. updates. We've gotten two JPEGs of concept art. Mm -hmm. I mean, they might be PNGs. I don't know. Two images <laughs> of two static <laughs> images that aren't even screenshots. Concept art. Yeah. Uh, and I think the rest of the updates we've gotten have been either 
bad news, like in this case, or they've been just sort of, hey, hold on, we're working on it, or hey, we're going back to the drawing board. Like the last thing we got before this was in May, which was, uh, we're gonna give it more time. Our team will continue to work on the project as well as our other games in development, including a brand new single player experience. We'll look forward to sharing more soon, which is sort of a weird way to be like, hey, the multiplayer thing's gonna be great. Hey, everybody, we're working on a single player game though. Isn't that cool? And it, you know, really, that's kind of it. This is not like Naughty Dog's strong suit is, is single player games. And yeah. mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I wonder, you know, supposedly this whole project is on ice, whatever that means, but. Yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's. It's like me on thin ice. You're mm -hmm. on thin mm -hmm. ice. That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but right. I mean, are we, I, I'm, I'm not, not particularly uh, bothered by this. I don't think that it's Naughty Dog, you know, playing to their strengths. I'm willing to give it, you know, the benefit of the doubt that there's a cool mm -hmm. idea in there. But, you know, for anybody expecting Last of Us Factions 2, that was a long time ago. Yeah. And what people want for multiplayer games has obviously shifted a whole lot. And it's going to mm -hmm. constantly change. It's constantly changing. And by the time this releases, chances are by the time it releases, that is also going to have changed again. Like it's the crazy thing about game development is you're trying to hit a moving target that you can't really a hundred percent protect, predict what it's going to be in the two to three years when you, you know, uh, as you, when you have a, a solid idea starting to build out and finalize, you don't know what it's going to look like in the last couple of years of development. The landscape changes so drastically. Or, or three, three to seven years. Right? Well, like, I, mean, I mean, I was talking like once the idea is like finalized, you know, yeah, I mean? like, yeah, yeah. just like once we've like, okay, we know what we're doing. We know we have the team in place. Now we've got it like, you know, and again, it could be, you know, three to seven years. Yeah, it's it, game development takes a long time. It's really a long, a hard target to hit. Um, so for this, yeah. I mean, to play sort of devil's advocate here, uh, or whatever, you know, uh, Fortnite was in development for what, six years post announcement. We mm -hmm. got a trailer in 2011 and then it didn't actually drop until 2017. And initially nobody really cared. Like, yeah. It was a tower defense, Minecraft zombie type thing. Yep. And then 20 minutes later, they tacked on battle Royale and it became the biggest thing ever. And that goes to show you sort of how that, you know, how much of a gamble, like, trying to approach that live service model is, but also that there is sort of a, there are second chances, you know? Yeah, there's look a way at, to make it work. Yeah, you look at Final they Fantasy are, 14, which mm -hmm. they had to nuke yeah. it from orbit, but then they, you know, fixed it. Literally. Yeah. And Literally then Epic laid, laid off, what, 16% of their staff the other day? Yeah, I think it was like 870 people or yeah, not recently. So and then they raised it, the price of V-Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> so. So that's like, and that was after like several of the highest ranking people there got golden parachutes out and we're like, it's been a long time with this company. I'm very proud of my work. Goodbye. And three weeks later, the, you know, ish hit the fan. And so like, I don't necessarily like, this is you know, obviously this is bit part of a bigger conversation, right? This is part of like a thing that's a, a trend we've seen happening all year specifically, but to speak on what Jada was talking about, I completely agree. I think it's like, it's really, really difficult to simultaneously chase a trend and deal with the growing logistics of a dev cycle that costs hundreds of millions of dollars and takes mm -hmm. half a decade or more. Because by the time you land on something that is totally working and is functional, you've had A, turnover within your studio, B, the audience has moved on completely from what that concept might be, and see your IP might not even be as valuable as it was. And that's what's interesting about this. I was thinking about this this morning. This, this is Naughty Dog laying off uh, not insignificant section of their workforce, QA, right? QA is quality assurance. 
and it's a very quality, important part of our of the yeah, workforce. Very important. Very important part. Um, it's it's how like when you play a game that isn't buggy and it's polished and you're happy with it and it isn't getting memed to death because like the character's eyeballs are shooting out of their head like that I will go wolf or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> then it means that the QA department did their job. And QA is historically like underpaid, overworked. That was where a lot of the crunch. Mm -hmm. Underappreciated. It's where a lot of the crunch stories were coming out of Naughty Dog a couple years ago was QA. But when you don't have um, a, like a product to assure the quality of, then you don't need a QA department. You can put them on retainer, which is why a lot of these people are on contract because they're not necessarily working on that, you know, kind of 24 seven, which means that like, they don't have a game to work on right now, which means that like last of us three, they said is still ways off. There was that like kind of rumored Neil Druckmann sci-fi, you know, new IP story. That's probably still a ways off. And then this multiplayer game is now on ice, which means that like when it comes back up, for air, who knows where the the games as a service market will be, right? Yeah. Because right now they're probably still like, well, when we started working on this game, Fortnite, PUBG, Apex, Call of Duty, those were the big ones, right? Mm -hmm. But if this game comes out in two or three years, like, what's going to be dominating? Foam Star is obviously number one game, hundred percent in, in all of games. Not even a game as a service, just dominating in general. Just in general. dominating, yeah, just foaming it up everywhere you look. Um, and so, like, I think it's like really interesting because it's like it's these are these are completely at odds concepts. It's going to take forever until somebody figures out the right way to do it, and it just feels like gambling because for every one of these games that comes out, there's a bunch that don't or a bunch that launch and tank. Like we just covered the story the other day about Sega shut, shutting down Hyenas, which was like a multiplayer game that was at Gamescom. It was playable. And now it's it's gone. Mm -hmm. And so like what I think is interesting is like this is the studio that had the the biggest, I think the biggest TV show of the year. Mm -hmm. One of them. But what yeah. did that actually mean? Like how what did that translate to? The Last of Us was one of the biggest shows of the year, hit show on HBO. Did that mean that that was mostly gamers who already knew that world playing it? Did it mean that it was us plus people who have never played those games watching it? I think. But of those people, how many of them were like Oh, this is awesome. I'm going to turn around by a PS5 and drop 70 bucks on playing a video game version of this show I already watched. Like yeah. I that's what I wonder cuz I know that like The Last of Us sold really well. The Last of Us 2 sold not as well, but like what we'd kind of heard was that like it didn't like it it sold 10 million units I think or more, but I don't I don't know if that was enough to justify like the X amount of years it was in development or to sustain mm -hmm. their, their studio until the next project. So it's again, it's like a bunch of shit that's just completely at odds. You have a hit TV show that isn't translating to uh, massive game sales. You have a massive IP that isn't translating to a multiplayer game working, that isn't translating to a games as a service model that is a moving target, all while rising costs happen and you're laying off staff. So mm -hmm. like, same story we've heard 15 times this year, 100 times this year in the industry is that like none of this is working well together, but if it it all usually funnels back up to like two or three people at the top just making a shit ton of money. Yep. So I don't know. Not to get negative about it, but like that's a, if you lay yeah. all the problems out yeah. of the table, that's kind of what it looks like right now, right? Yeah, no. I mean, games as, as a service is tricky 
to, to put it as nicely as possible, it is a tricky business model to get into. And it's you, gambling. And, and it's 100% gambling. I was about to say, it's a gamble. You never know if it's going to pay off. It You don't know how the community is going to receive it. You don't know if this one weird frog character you put in is just going to like bring in 2 billion players because, like, oh, my God, I need to play as this frog character. Herbal, you don't know. right? Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, like you don't know like how that's going to work out. I don't know if that many people went to play star Wars because of the frog character, but <laughs> it's just kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's silly things like that, that sometimes get mass audiences invested. And if you don't hit, you don't find that kind of like X factor for your games as a service game, you're, there's a good chance that you're just not going to break through the pack. You're not, you're going to just yeah. going to get lost in the cloud of, or the sea of all the other games yeah, yeah. as a service. I mean, one thing also is that like the original factions was packed in with the, the first game. game. Yeah. Like, and that yes. used to be how multiplayer worked. Like the idea yep. of a standalone multiplayer game was something that people looked at, you know, side eye. Like that wasn't yep. like, why am I paying like, yeah, almost like full price for a multiplayer or paying full price for exactly, a multiplayer with yeah. some games. Which like was a, that was a, yeah, it was a weird hump to get and over it, in the yeah, industry. Time, we also saw this weird push about the time the last of us came out where a bunch of single player games were forced to have multiplayer because they mm -hmm. had to have multiplayer. And like, yep. you know, you had stuff like, like mass effect three had a multiplayer mode. That wasn't what people signed up for. That's not yep. why people like mass effect. Was, was Metro Prime decent? two had a multiplayer. Like they were like, Hey, four Samus is running around. It was like so stupid. It's a, it's a weird choice, but yeah, I mean, it says you just probably got blasted more Brian. Okay. Then you yeah. blasted other people. <laughs> fair, you yeah. fair, no, fair. it wasn't a great. It wasn't a great multiplayer. No, it wasn't mode, great. But, but no, to, to Max's <laughs> point, yeah. it's it's like the multiplayer modes, like like uh, that one and the one in the mm -hmm. Uncharted games, existed because you were like, this gameplay is so awesome. I finished the campaign. I platinum it or whatever. I beat it on the hardest difficulty. I still want more. Yeah. And there you had it, right there. Mm -hmm. It was it was to capitalize off the fact that um, there was like something rock solid about the foundation of that gameplay and you wanted to keep the party going literally with your friends and like call of duty's always had the opposite thing where they're like the, the single player modes are like kind of there and i think of the mass most audience just like plays the multiplayer and skips over it but it like it is interesting to me to be like like it, it feels like the last of us multiplayer should have existed alongside a last of us single player game mm -hmm. and it's all one cohesive package and then it feels like it's all and then it's like if it's not if it's just okay, at least Last of Us Three is there, and it and it kicks ass, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know. It just it it always felt like a little a little odd to me. Yeah, yeah. it's an odd fit. Um, we're gonna talk about Spider Man sneakers, but I feel like an easier segue would be to talk about how The Last of Us, in addition to not being a multiplayer game, is in fact a theme park attraction. Yeah. Kim, you went and checked out the Hollywood Horror Nights. Yes, I did. But uh, before that, I actually had a lot to, to, to add to that oh, last conversation. Go, go but it, I, I really, I wanted to let you all talk. I feel like th there's a lot of things that, you gotta uh, just, that it's, it's like said. a battle royale. I don't want to steamroll anyone here. I don't, I don't like do no, it. No, do it. Like, <laughs> do it. You all were on a roll. I'm like, I'm just going to let them say their piece. And, uh, Thank I'll, you. I'll but have, just, you know, el elbow drop one of us next time and just, you know, <laughs> well, I just, just come off well, the top I, ropes. I think a lot of it is just like them being overly ambitious about this this mm. multiplayer game like i mean like that may report said you know quality and long-term viability came into question like why not just put it out like you know jada you mentioned you know how how fortnite started out like i think just put the game out i feel like there's there's people internally that are like making these decisions that are like looking at it internally i mean we only got two jpegs like we mm -hmm. <laughs> we haven't seen any gameplay footage of it so it's like I mean, they're deciding that internally that, you know, quality and long-term viability. We don't know. We didn't see any early footage of it, you know? Yeah. And to, like, even 
you know, if you don't, I mean, a segue a little bit into like Halloween Horror Nights, like that was something that was two years in the making. It doesn't normally take that long to, to conceptualize these mazes. Again, I think there's people that are internally that are perfectionists. I'm not going to say any names yeah. specifically. I think there are people internally that are just perfectionists about The Last of Us as, as you know, as an no. IP. Yeah. And, and gonna, that's what it is more than anything else. No, I was going to add on, like, Akeem, you hit the nail on the head. Like, I think there's a lot of game developers that are coming out and doing these, like, more experimental or new things that their studio hasn't aren't like super familiar with um and they release it in early access they do betas or demos and we're like hey this is rough like but we want you got we want to get community feedback we want to know what it is the last of us for naughty dog is like their top shelf type thing yeah. it's one of those things they don't want to tarnish by having something that is less that is seen as less than per uh, or perceived as less than perfect like they yeah. they want to keep that prestige and i mean even, their even beyond naughty dog like Sony. Yeah. oh yeah it's, this, this is the you know the crown jewel of their playstation studios like this is the thing that gets an hbo show because it's so good like it is yeah. it is a prestige drama in video game form it also gets a theme park attraction because it's a recognizable ip like it can stand mm -hmm. on its own uh so yeah they don't really have the leeway to just drop a you know a stinker yeah they can't drop a stinker just what clickers. they perceive might be a stinker because we <laughs> yeah. you know we've yeah. all, we're judging this on two jpegs two yeah you know yeah very very you can't can't just tiny jpegs can't, can't just lay an egg jpeg egg but I think about like the way I interacted with uh, like Halo Infinite, right? Which was like another big crown jewel for Microsoft. Mm -hmm. And like I played through the single player campaign. And I was like, cool, that was fun. And then I played the multiplayer game uh, for like a month with friends. Like Max, I think you and I hopped on a couple of times. Like we had a good time. And then I was like, cool, got my fill and moved on. And like that's not what they want from yeah. from gamers for, for games like this. That is a completely normal behavior for the average person to do but mm -hmm. they want something that's all consuming that takes all of your time and all of your money and you basically play nothing else like fortnite kids are not really jumping over to a bunch of other stuff call of duty people are just stuck on those games right like yep. even the people who play PUBG or played it for a while yeah like for like a while they're online those people yeah. counter-strike it's the same they're, thing for like yeah. 10 years they were like i'm a minecraft streamer that's all i stream not me but like people would say that um and so i think like the the habits of a just like you know, not necessarily, I wouldn't call myself a casual gamer, but when it comes to something like Halo Infinite, I'm like, well, I never really cared about this IP, but like, I'll give it a shot, had you're, some fun with it. You're like a general, you're, you're like a generalist when it comes to gaming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I'm variety, variety player, generalist player, the kind of, it's mm -hmm. kind of, I'm the same way. Yeah. Um, and I think like I yeah. kicked it 12 bucks. I bought like some skins or something like that. And I had, had some fun times and moved on with my life. And yep. I, and then I saw all the community being like, this sucks. It's a letdown. They're not like updating new maps and stuff like that. Because those people were like, I, I want this to be my main game. Mm -hmm. And you don't have enough for me to make it that right now. And I could totally see that happening with The Last of Us. Like people are just like, they get invested in it. They click, they dump a bunch of money early on. And then they're sitting around for months or years being like, hey, when's season two? When's season three? Mm -hmm. When's the yep. next drop? Like the last of us as a, as an IP, like it's, it works great for like somber, uh, character driven drama, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Uh, it doesn't really have as high of a ceiling for wackadoo, you know, multiplayer antics as something like Fortnite does. Like you can't just be yeah. like, great news, everybody. We're adding golf cart jumps into the last <laughs> of us. Like cool. Thanos is here and he wants to shake his ass. Like you don't get to do that. Like you can't we just saw be that like, with, hey. uh, and Max, you and I talked about this years ago when it came to, uh, Red Dead. We were like GTA Online, you're gonna get like helicopters and jetpacks and like mm -hmm. gold rimmed <laughs> jets and all this stuff. And Red Dead, it was just like, 
Pogo sticks are here, folks. Yeah, not even. <laughs> not even. My donkeys. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was hoping they would get all like Wild Wild West with it and put in like giant robot spiders and like. Yeah. Oh, man, it would have been great. Yeah. I would have played way longer. Submarine blimps or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Jackable steam train. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Akeem, did you have more to add to the 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 to your point? I know I jumped in. No, no, that no. I just I, I, I really just wanted to kind of just like. I wanted us to hone in on that. I think yeah. it's it's more so like the 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 people internally that are just you know making mm-hmm. these decisions because they're they're a bit of perfectionists and and I kind of saw that when I when I did go to Hollywood Horror, Horror Nights uh, October first, the first of uh, the spooky month, um, and uh, I got to say, The Last of Us, the maze was amazing i i really i really did enjoy it uh i i had to say it of course um so the maze covers uh the pittsburgh quarantine zone so uh so when you're walking in you know you see the the pittsburgh military zone sign which you know you you might remember from the video game Uh, you also find yourself in the suburbs uh where you meet henry and sam henry and sam aren't in the maze though it's it's mostly just a bunch of people that you know, or like they just look like knockoff versions of of Ellie and Joel. Um, well, and they're just like, spoiler. just like running around in the background, kind of. Well, spoiler: they're, Henry and no, Sam so, don't make it, so not surprised that they're not there. Stop! Don't spoil <laughs> the doing? maze. <laughs> you just spoiled the maze. That's why they're not there. And yet, so the attention to detail in the maze too is is great because you see, um, um, when when you're when you're deep in the sewer, uh, a section of the maze, you even see like um so, some of the drawings from Sam on on the wall. So there's like little. Oh, that's cool cool easter eggs and throughout the maze with the with the actors that they have portraying joel uh and ellie uh they're they're lip syncing um uh to to new uh audio that troy baker and ashley johnson recorded oh, weird just for uh the maze isn't um, it like lip synced by the uh the actors too right what you said they record as fresh audio. What, is it the actual actors talking, or is it like, oh, like... No, the, okay, the scare actors? So those are the those are the people that are in the maze. So the Ellie and Joel scare actors is what they call them. Mm-hmm. At, uh, yes. Yeah, like no, no. Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson are not trapped in this maze for <laughs> no. the, for the wait, whole wait, wait, season. Wait, wait. <laughs> you have you have people who have to like they have to like TikTok along with like the the recording of Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson doing the voices and stuff that they did for a game where it mocapped their face and made computer people talk for them, like in the game. That's just, yes. man, if you put it like that, yes. that's, that's, I mean, that sounds weird. overly complicated, I, I think but they probably I'm, could have just had the people talking, but then I guess it wouldn't have the same, you know, wouldn't have that same, like, like cohesion, I guess. Well, yeah. well, well, the thing is also, the thing is like, it's piped through, you know, the, the loudspeaker. So it's like, they're talking like this, eh? Ellie, you gotta come over there. I'm gonna go save you. So you know what would have been a really easy through. fix for this for the scare actors is gas masks. They should have just had gas masks on the whole time. There yeah. is a scene uh, where where Joel is actually wearing a gas mask. Uh, again, uh, the the attention to detail, and I feel like you'll only know this if you have played the video game. So mm. they even like they acknowledge the whole thing with like Ellie not being able to swim. So Joel has to he has to start a generator to jumpstart a motorized platform. Um, now, if you're just walking through the maze and you have no knowledge of that from playing the video games, you just see Joel like trying to start a generator in one room, and it's just, it just looks weird. It's just it's like, <laughs> hold on there, I'm gonna come save you, Ellie. And it's just like, what? Why is this important to me? Like, why I, am I? I can't believe they they leaned on the can't swim thing. That was such a that was such a like a joke after the first game. Yeah. yeah it, and again, like I I love that. I I love that so much. And you know, 
what we get from like the video games and from the TV show, you know, we get to we get to see it, but like you actually get to experience it. Like I get, I got to touch the cordyceps on the walls. Oh, um, the stalkers and the clickers LA. were on point. No, this was in just the maze. <laughs> just, just the did maze. They, did, they, did they say you were allowed to do that or did you just do it? Well, it's a wall. No one's going to say, don't touch the cordyceps on the walls. Museums are full of walls you can't touch. Well, they, they weren't like, they weren't blocked. <laughs> they didn't blockade the walls. It's just like, you know, I just touched it. You can't just touch the scare okay. actor. So the clickers were coming right at me. Okay. Face to face, like right here, clicking right in my face. Did I you want to hit? Him. Did you want to punch him? No, I don't. No, I don't want to get infected. <laughs> you, but you'll touch this, the cordyceps on the wall. <laughs> I was fully immersed. Um, towards the end of it you see uh the bloaters and i i rem remember talking to you all about this in our in our meeting uh, uh just yesterday how it's so everything else looked on point uh even the actors as 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 joel and ellie although ellie looked a little bit older than what she actually is in in the part one uh but of course it's a full immersion i, I didn't want to i just was immersed in everything but anyways towards the end of the maze you see the bloaters and they, I think they needed a little bit more time to bake in the in the FX kitchen because they they looked like just flesh tone transformers, like it just looked like Bumblebee <laughs> with like flesh. That's horrible. That is, yeah. Actually, sounds yeah. more horrifying than a regular bloater. That is like yeah, one, one of the worst. <laughs> that's one of the worst visuals you've ever put in my head. <laughs> Bumblebee, a... where'd you get the flesh from? They announced the new Transformers, where the Transformers turn from robots into just slightly larger people, but they're yep. like the size yeah, they're of called cars. Mansformer. Yeah. Mansformer. <laughs> <laughs> Fleshy no, thing. Yeah, uh, and just to just to point this out uh, for those, so I I definitely say if you're if you're a fan of The Last of Us, uh, and of course like all of the mazes are are great. Like Chucky was one of my favorite ones. Uh, he had like a kill count going through his maze. But uh, <laughs> if you're a fan of The Last of Us video game, uh, I would definitely if you find yourself in Hollywood, I would check it out. If you find yourself in Orlando, I would check it out over there as well. Both mazes were made by two different creative teams, so they both although they both cover uh, the Pittsburgh quarantine zone, you'll get a different experience. Uh, in either so of course they're That's trying to encourage cool. people to yeah they want to encourage people to, to jump, fly across the uh, country and yeah, try them both exactly. <laughs> i think it's i mean this says a lot about sort of where we're at with video games at, in terms of it being like a mainstream you know form of media but it, like the last of us is maybe like one of the hardest m-rated games out there like it's it's brutal yeah. it's gnarly mm -hmm. uh and then mario is probably the furthest opposite end of the spectrum possible and both yep. of these things got massively successful critically well received you know uh media pieces of media yeah, a show and a movie mm -hmm. respectively and they also get like theme park rides yep which mm -hmm. is just okay that's yep. an interesting approach but why not it works i guess yeah uh yeah i think video games particularly are, are especially well suited to being you know theme park attractions yep and i yeah. feel like we're gonna see more of this i know that they had i think they had um a silent hill bit at Halloween Horror Nights a few years ago. I believe so. Pyramid Head yes. floating around. Yes. Yes. Could have just been a, yeah. a cosplayer interloping and causing a, a <laughs> well, ruckus. But I saw um, there was there was a thing yeah, going I mean, around Twitter the other day where somebody pointed out sort of you know we talk about set pieces in games and that's like a that's a theme park ride. But I was kind of thinking about you know some other ones that could totally work really well. Uncharted seems like a no brainer. Give me a train ride. Yeah, yeah. I mean, argu arguably like a, <laughs> probably a, a more an easier kind of widespread sell. Uh, compared to The Last of Us, which is, right. you know, that has, that's scary. People don't like, they don't always like being scared, but everyone also likes... like also really works the only the best during spoopy season. That's true. So, yeah. Like whereas Uncharted kind of yeah. works 
year round. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just Indiana Jones, but with like a different shirt, you know. Yeah, pretty much. And it's not the forties, you know. <laughs> that's an option. Um, I'm kind of surprised we haven't seen an Assassin's Creed one because that seems like a really like the whole idea of like leaping off of stuff. I think oh. they've, they've regularly had like activations to promote Assassin's yeah. Creed at like Comic Con and stuff. Yep. It's like one of those uh, one of those big stupid swings they had, where they, they hoist you up and you just go and you go swinging. They, also, they did, uh, I think it was like 2015, 2016. They had like a Ninja Warrior kind of course that I ran for mm -hmm. Assassin's Creed and I got like a cool little Assassin's Creed shirt and stuff for doing it. It was really cool. I love that. I mean, I could see Bioshock working really well just because it's, it's mm -hmm. so yeah. iconic kind of visually and, and location wise. And I, I think yeah. I think Bioshock would work well just kind of on its own, whether people like going into the attraction know that it's a video game or not. I think it's so distinctive that it would work really well. Yeah, you're like you get attacked by a big weird submarine looking man. Yep. I feel but I feel like the way the way that these these corporate companies do it is like they try to see how successful a certain IP is in, in other mediums. So like let's let's put a movie out there, let's put a TV show out there as well. So, you know, uh, I feel like a Fallout one, because Fallout is getting its own its own TV uh, series, am I right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I think I think that's one way, like you know, these corporate corporations, like kind of like you know, figure out like what would possibly work as like a, a theme attraction is by just like seeing how successful it might be in in either television or or or, or, or as a movie. So like in other mediums, like so. I honestly, I mean, we're gonna get a God of War series, so I would love to see a, a God of War theme park attraction i think that'd be pretty sick i mean on axis i mean we did get you know? that one we did get that disneyland ride in ragnarok so why not let's just uh you know yeah i mean yeah. make and, that in real life the appeal of games is like being there and interacting with things and it's like i think it's an easier i mean i imagine making a theme park ride is probably a bit of more of an undertaking than making a show or a movie depending on the subject matter but like <laughs> it's also i don't know you set up a crazy haunted house type thing like the last of us set up and it's right yeah exactly yeah. yep all right, so shifting gears here. Oh, man. I got this one. Wanna, okay. I got this yeah. one. Uh -oh. So All in right. honor of it being Mean Girls Day, um, because we wear pink um, during on Mean Girls Day, um, it's October 2nd, y'all. Um, Yo. But what's something that's also very pink? Foam Stars. We had the beta, the public beta over the weekend. I played a whole bunch. Um, I had a blast. Oh, my goodness. What? Yes, Akeem. Yes. Akeem See? has a large bubble gun that says Foam Stars on it. You just yep. bubbled your mic. Yeah, this is, this, is official, this is official property. This is a, an official item that I got. Is I it? I played the beta. Yeah, yeah. I played the beta, and I won this. Oh, man. All yeah. I got. The sticker <laughs> looks a little. All I got were cool. VIP screens. <laughs> I, I platinum the uh the beta okay so you guys keep saying beta it's this. not a beta it was a foam party okay it was a foam party foam party that uh, everyone was invited to and only some people went to it <laughs> but the people who went to it i think liked it did you like it i loved it i actually had a blast i mean i've already made my thoughts clear like i talked about it when i played it at pax i got to play it a lot more um over the weekend uh they had the two game modes which was smash the star and then happy bath survival um i Pretty much played almost just Smash the Star. Played a little bit of Happy Bath Survival. Um, but uh, Smash the Star is great. It was a lot of fun. I got to try out all the different, a bunch of the different characters, not all of them. Um, Rave Breaker, still my favorite. Uh, this dude, is, this, he's like, got this like flame, this foam thrower. Um, and I was just sneaking up behind people and just assassinating whole parties. I was getting like three and four chills. You don't get kills. I get it. Um, it's all about, they, they, so like they make it very clear, uh, if you played the beta, they make it very clear at the beginning, like, hey, we're here to have a good time and spread cheer and good, just like 
like it's the vibe we're going for we're cultivating so there's no kills in foam star you get chills um and so like you get multi chills or whatnot um <laughs> it sounds silly saying it out loud but it's really cool um i really like the vibe too it's got this like persona flavor it's, i was not expecting it to be so persona yeah it's got like a very like persona 5 soundtrack to it yeah this episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash pobeyond. And now, back to the show. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. I'm definitely, I, I like the art style. I don't know if it works well in practice. Mm -hmm. Like I, I saw other people complaining about this, but the fact that you've got these incredibly bright colors in the foreground and just like very dark, uh, you know, kind of Vegas skyline backdrop, mm. which makes it, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. It's visually very busy, which it clearly leans into. Yeah. But yeah. I think, I think the really, the big thing is for, is if you've, you know, if you're, you've wanted to try Splatoon, but you don't really care for nintendo's online servers and stuff like that this is going to kind of fill that void for you this is going to give you that uh that kind of hero shooter kind of vibe because i mean it's different from splatoon where splatoon does have a little bit of that hero shooter where you can customize out like your one of your specials and your weapon and stuff like that um but here for foam stars all the different characters they have you know they have a, a superstar finish they have a like and then they have like uh skills or whatever they're called in this one yeah. um that are all unique to each yeah. of the characters and stuff okay did you get a chance to play for real? 
No, I didn't. Unfortunately, you just have a fake I was, gun? I was, I was too busy running around town to, to <laughs> purchase this that I missed the beta. <laughs> I think it was worth it though. <laughs> I played, just I played for a little bit. It's, it's like, gag. it's very fat, very short rounds. Yeah. I appreciate. I think like most of them are like eight minutes or yeah, something like it, that. It feels like it's, it's over pretty quickly. Um, there's definitely, you know, there's room for improvement. It's a beta. It's or a foam, mm -hmm. foam beta, whatever it's called. Uh, home party. It, it's interesting. I was kind of poking around, just sort of, to, you know, testing the waters and seeing what people thought of it. And like on, on Reddit, people were just ripping it apart. They just hated it. They did not like it. They did not like how fast you moved, etc. Over on Resetera, people were like much more positive. But they did flag one thing. I think is really a very valid point. And I actually, well, I probably should be paying attention to this stuff better. Um, I forgot that this was a PS4 and five exclusive, mm -hmm. which. It is, and that I don't think is good. I don't think that's good in this in this instance because with a multiplayer game like this, you really need to cultivate as big of a player base as possible. Yeah. And having the walled garden approach does not work. And I'm just getting kind of destruction all star vibes about that. Yeah, that does that does worry me when it comes to the longevity of it. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that it's just a more of a hey, we're developing for PlayStation 4 and 5 first, mm -hmm. and then we're going to release it on other consoles, PC and stuff. Like after just, we're trying to keep development costs down while we're, so we develop for one console and then as yeah. we release it, we make some money. Like we don't know if it's a pay, if it's like a retail game or like a paid thing. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't heard. It's If you just go to the page on the PSN store, it's just like wish list or like find out more, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I could see this, I could see this, if, if they tighten it up and they kind of address some of the issues people had with it, I can see it doing well if it is on, you know, PlayStation Plus at the at the baseline level, at the very okay. you know, entry level thing. Because that, you know, that has worked really well in the past for stuff like, you know, Fall Guys and mm -hmm. Rocket League. Like it's, you can get people's attention by, you know, having something like, oh, I guess I'll give it a... I'll just making the barrier yeah. to entry very low. Yeah. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I just, I worry that if they don't do that, they're completely going to just screw themselves over. And, you know, it'll be yet another game that just kind of comes and goes... Uh, and then just, you know, disappears into the ether, just washed away like yeah. foam and rain. Honestly, I hope that's not the case because I feel like we've been hyping up this game for so long. I, I paid way too much money for that freaking Foam Stars gun just now. Wait, uh, you, I, you, I, you said you won that at, at an event. I, I, I mean, I won too much money. I mean, I... Well, you won too, <laughs> won too much money. What is that like, Akeem, to win too much money? How much money is that? What is that like? Well, Akeem, I, I do have good news. You're going to save $70 this year. You know why? Because uh, Activision announced they're, they're canceling Call of Duty after they played this beta. They said they're not doing it. <laughs> what? Really? There's yeah, no point they, anymore. <laughs> they said the foam service is too good. And why bother? That's what they said. They said, chills. We should have thought of that. We've always been killing people. But what if we were, what if we were chilling people just, instead? What if just, we were putting them on ice? Yeah, yeah. just cultivating good vibes. Yeah. Like so yeah, Call of Duty's on thin ice. And so are oh. you, Call of Duty fans. They're not even like clear about what new the, shooter in town. What the foam is because there's like there's like a barista player and there's an ice cream lady and then there's also what? like soap. Yeah. The, the, oh. the yeah. And then there's penguin. Yeah. Yeah. So pe penguins notoriously foamy animal. What's going on there? I don't know what. <laughs> What wait, is there's, this foam there's, made of? No, so wait, there's, there's foamy foam <laughs> in this? I'm confused. There's coffee yeah, foam. Well, that's, yeah. Game. It's called crema. It's yeah. It's the top of your espresso. You know, you get a nice, uh, <laughs> you, the, fra the, the frappuccino. I think the, that's one the, of the characters that deals. Steam, steamed milk. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, a, I like it. it's what it is. You steam the milk. You get all frothy. Make a nice See, macchiato. Know, I'm, so, I'm so jealous. Max and Jada, that you all got to play this, and you know, I mean, like, I feel like Brian and I, we have that some some FOMO going on here because like, no, we don't. It. 
Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Brian, you're the one who approved me purchasing this. Remember? Yeah, it's I, on, I, your, I, it's I, I be not, on your expense report. I have not received that expense report. <laughs> I thought you better I, approve it. Well, what'd you what'd you write? What, did you did you put foam gun? <laughs> I just put foam. I don't. I, I feel like if I put gun, you would not approve it. So I just put foam. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's the foam parts that that's the <laughs> issue. I, I, I don't want to. Okay. Well, I don't. I feel like we start. You broke me, man. Max is flustered. What happened? What happened, Max? So oh. you, said, you said historically foamy animal penguin, and it just everything fell apart. That's my favorite Mega Man boss. Historically foamy Mega Penguin. Man. Anyway, uh, I like that we we sort of we did start talking about foam stars, kind of joking around about it. But it, there is there is a substantial game there. Yeah. Whether or not it is. Uh, I don't again whether it's going to take off and you know set the world yeah. of a foam mm -hmm. who knows um you think the bubble will pop on the excitement <laughs> <laughs> I hope not I hope that there are many bubbles in this bath uh for <laughs> foam stars okay all right um <laughs> god <laughs> all right so speaking of uh historical animals uh Brian and I what? played a bunch of a game called pizza possum we're going to talk about that for as long as we can. <laughs> Pizza possums are historical we're animals. Our show because it's really just a lost cause at this point. We got yes, just everything's going sideways. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, no, we checked out this game called Pizza Possum, and I, I'm an adult man. I'm saying this. I'm talking to my other friend. We both have children, and I guess that's that's one argument we could say for playing this game. But really, it's a fun game about a possum that's there to steal some food and cakes, and it's going to eat a bunch of grapes. It's possum runs around. Uh, it's sort of like a very arcadey stealth game. We're basically. Yeah. You, you described it as Richard's Scary Pac-Man, which is astute. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah, that's kind of from the trailers and stuff I watched. That's like, I, I could see it without seeing it now. It's, it's like less than seven bucks on PlayStation right now. And it's just so much fun. I think Max and I both went in thinking it might be one of those like kind of instant pass fail stealth games. Like a lot of, a lot of like stealth games come out and they're just like, they make you redo stuff a lot. Mm -hmm. Um this one is way more frantic, way more silly. So the plot here is basically you're like this little French possum and you have to sneak around this like quaint beachside town where there are uh, dogs patrolling everything and you have to eat all the food everywhere. And so like the types of characters in this game is you, the possum, there's dog guards, and then there's just various other dog, animals. Dog, dog, guards, <laughs> dog, dog, guard. There's, there's, there's guard dogs. <laughs> Would you say that they're guard dogs? They're guard dogs, yeah. Um, there's, I don't know why I said that wrong five times. Um, and there's various other animals who just live there who are just like, oh no, a rat. You're a, you're a villain. You're a real you're yeah. a real nuisance, and I appreciate that about it. Like they don't try to be like, you're the hero. You've got to save the possum princess. It's like, you are a little shit-eating rat, and you are here yeah. to ruin everyone's you're, day. It kind you're of snickering the whole time. You're like yeah. cackling. If you eat too much too fast, you get like really heavy, really quick, and That's you great. slow down momentarily. Like I said, like this game is like seven bucks. It's not like exceptionally deep or anything, but it is such a delight. It's really, it is it's like really so charming. much it, fun. It reminds me a little bit of of Hotline Miami in that it's like mm. it it is very quick to just sort of spit you back out and get you doing yeah. the thing again. Mm -hmm. And it's like that. I, I think if it, if it had any kind of like load screen or any kind of just like tedium to it, I would be very much not into it, but it is like that perfect kind of like just that feedback loop. Uh, and basically you, you know, you collect food, you get points, whatever. And it has an interesting kind of structure for, for the world where uh, you collect enough points, you get a key, and then there's a gate you can unlock. And basically I was thinking that once you unlock them, they stay unlocked. But basically after that, you have to find, you have to find like a checkpoint. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes there's multiple gates before the checkpoint. So there's this kind mm -hmm. of like 
I know we do this all the time. It's not like Bloodborne in any way, shape, or form, but it <laughs> does have that kind of, uh, you know, that you always say like the GTA Chinatown Wars, that kind of like that gambling aspect where you're like running around trying to get as many points as possible mm -hmm. to do the thing. Yeah. But, you know, the more, the greedier you get, the more of a risk it is. Uh, and that's yeah, kind some, of, some folks are saying it's like the Dark Souls of Possum games. Um, I would say that. You know. Are you joking? Probably. No, I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> I'm I would say that. I would sec I'd second that, Brian. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. You just it's it's very it's very cute. I you know I I played it with my uh, my kid watching and and every time he would eat like an entire cake and just get like very large, she'd be like, "He got a tummy ache," and I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he does. He ate a whole cake. Don't ever do that unless I'm it's, there." Yeah, too. it's it's very funny. And I think like what's awesome is that is like you have to kind of kind of like bob and weave your way to the top of this mountain where there's like a king dog who's just sitting in front of a gigantic pizza, and like when you get to there's smaller pizzas and pastas and snacks and baguettes everywhere, cakes. There's like hidden like kind of pastries that you have to find and if when you get to the top like you have to eat this entire pizza in front of this king and all of his guards are like oh no and then you eat it and he gets pissed off you get his crown and then you start back down at the bottom again but on your way up like you have there's all these different paths you can choose to take and so by eating stuff you get a key you open up the door and you keep moving your way up the mountain and so like it's it's just really really fun like it, it just feels like Every time you play, it's a little bit different, and there's different variations you can take up to the top of the mountain. It's different large pastries, and you know, there's like a what is it? The you know, there's there's like a huge bowl of pasta. There's you know a a, a capri salad. Yeah, I like <laughs> so when, when, you, no... when you get to the top. When you get to the top, and and you eat the um the royal pizza, and you mm -hmm. you collect the crown. What happens after that? So you're just spat back out to the the bottom or do you become like after that you have to take out three something? umbilical cords yeah. and then you fight the the moon dream king of the dogs and then you uh you find out that you were dead the whole time mm -hmm. yeah it really is the bloodborne of possum games uh no, it's not. <laughs> uh, uh no akeem it, it brings you back to the bottom of the mountain where you have a crown and then you have to do it again and if you get all three something magical happens but i'm not good enough to do that yet i'm gonna keep practicing stealing that king's food it's because you only get two you it's hard you only get two lives you know it's really the sekiro mm -hmm. of possum games it's actually yeah. you don't they don't actually show what happens. There's no play. Is there any playing dead? I feel like there's not really. Is that coming to play at all? Because no, that's what, you can hide in a bush. That's all possums do is they play dead. They like fake their own deaths. And then, you know, theoretically, the dogs would leave them alone. But mm -hmm. that's their the, the possum has a mechanic built into it. And they didn't even do anything with that. I don't know if they did any proper. It could very easily just be like a cat or a raccoon or something. But they went with possum, yeah. I guess, for alliteration's sake. Alliteration uh, sells. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different, Peter you Parker. know, like. There's different paths you can take and different, you know, um, weapons you can unlock. So I guess it's sort of like the Elden Ring of Possum Games. It kind of is maybe the Elden Ring of Possum. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let's talk about other uh, animal creature people. Uh, some tidbits about Spider-Man. Obviously, that's rapidly approaching. Uh, Adidas announced this morning that they're doing a Spider-Man 2 advanced suit and symbiote inspired shoes. Uh, this has the biggest mouthful of word salad uh, official name possible, which is Adidas Peter Parker Advanced Suit and Venom Collection, which is coming out October 20th. And it features a variety of training footwear and apparel, including Ultra Boost J and Ultra 4D sneakers, the Adi Zero 12.0 football cleat, sweatshirts, compression tights, and more made for gamers and athletes alike. Uh, and also, apparently people in Marvel's New York officially titled that i don't know why it's called marvels i guess it is that that universe is new york they're gonna be wearing some adidas stuff too uh yeah it feels like they're kind of going all out here the, the, they only showed one sneaker so far and it just looks like if you were wearing regular spider-man shoes and then stepped in tar really hard <laughs> yeah. which is that's mm -hmm. yeah that's venom 
Yeah. yeah. Is it or is it roofing tar? Who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's cute. Uh, they also dropped a new uh, CGI launch trailer, which um, is our CGI launch trailers at or CGI trailers at launch. Are they OK? Is that do they get a pass there if they've shown Wait, enough? Uh, if we've seen enough gameplay already, I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we got that big uh, during the state of play with the whole lizard chase yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. So, like, yeah, I think, and also, like, we know what the gameplay for Spider-Man looks like. Like, we like it's not one. It's not like an unknown quantity. Mm -hmm. Like, we know what the Spider-Man. Like, if we hadn't seen, let's say, like Wolverine did the same thing, and we hadn't seen any Wolverine gameplay, and they're just like, hey, here's your launch trailer cg that's I kinda, it i actually really like you know i like cg trailers but not when that's just all we get you know yeah. like I no for sure really cool is like tone pieces or whatever uh but this one yeah it's gorgeous um you know i, I feel like it's not not super mind-blowing or anything yeah. but as far as these ones go it's definitely uh it is i feel like it's it looks like the spider-man games do for the most like it's obviously much more polished and stuff mm -hmm. but like compared to like the cg trailer for like death stranding which makes it look like super action-packed i was like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's really selling the experience. I think there. I think for me, like I never want the a CG trailer first. I always want to see no, gameplay no, first. No, no. I think I think I think a lot of developers kind of fall into that where they're like, hey, we've got this cool CG trailer that's ready. Let's use this to promote because the gameplay is not ready to like be captured and show showcased without Personally, bugs. And stuff. My favorite way is when they reveal two JPEGs and mm. then I don't play the game. For that is years. that is great. That's yeah. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. I like to see two J JPEGs and I like to watch an HBO show and then go to the theme park. That's my <laughs> mm -hmm. proper gaming experience. And then you put the JPEGs on ice. There we go. Mm -hmm. uh, there's also a blog post up talking about uh, Spider-Man 2's accessibility features, which is kind of awesome. And I think it's interesting. You know, I, I, I'm sure there are plenty of sort of able-bodied able folks who just kind of don't care about this stuff. But if you dig into them, there's also a lot of really cool features that can just be utilized for, you know, for the hell of it. Um, there's a audio frequency cutoff, which lets you adjust the sort of highs and lows and which, I don't know, everyone's sound system is different. Mm -hmm. And I feel like very often just things are just mixed weird. Yeah. Like my, my home setup is constantly pissing me off and I'll switch between streaming services and, you know, blow a hole through my wall because one of them's inexplicably louder than the other. Um, you know, if I'm playing a game at like five 30 in the morning, I'm like, I don't want to wake everyone up and, yep. you know, having cars getting blown up by, uh, you know, criminals or whatever I'm doing, Mortal Kombat. I actually had a really funny thing. I turned on Mortal Kombat 1 for the first time, mm -hmm. um, and I started, like, this was literally at, like, 5 in the morning as I woke up for no reason, um, and I started it up, and they do the thing where they, like, have accessibility options turned on. By oh, yeah. And I turned it on, and I've got, like, it turned down pretty quiet, and the logo pops up, and it just goes, Mortal Kombat 1. And I was like, wow, did their, uh, did their announcer just get start doing therapy or something? <laughs> like, what happened there? And then I realized it was just the screen reader turned on. The screen on. reader doing so, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, That's and then I, light. yeah, <laughs> I kind of liked it though. I sort of like if they were just, you know, we got a lot of games that just shout their name at you, just did, you know, whisper. Did, Give me some ASMR for for my your screen reading. Did you guys see the thing about uh, the swing options, which I, I believe one of the devs said was like the opposite of of accessibility in terms of like like the swinging in the game in the base game when you install it or put your disc in, it is like set to ten in terms of like how much it kind of uh, assists you. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, so like holding R, it, it's basically set to where it was kind of maxed out in the previous games, I believe they said, mm -hmm. but you can drop it down. So you have like a ton more customization in terms of like your actual control and maneuverability oh, that's cool. in swinging around mm. corners and stuff like that. So I like, yes, you, you can literally swing 
on hard mode in Spider-Man 2 if you want that's to. That's cool. And they, really they, cool. They, they, we talked about, there was like what, like a thing going around about fall, fall damage. Yep, there's fall is, damage. Yeah, that's fun. I'm playing um, with fall damage when, it, when I get it, for sure. Hands um, down, cannot wait. Also, we talked about this before with game speed, which I think is a really cool solution. Um, oh. And they, they had a note in here that I that had never occurred to me. Uh, you know, obviously this is great if you just want some more time to like take things in and just, you know, not get your ass kicked. But also... Photo mode. Yeah. This is like a great solution if you're just trying to like line up a perfect shot and like it's, you know, it's frequently very hard to pop into photo mode when you're, yep. you know, whatever, fighting a bunch of people. I know like Insomniac's really good usually about adding like hotkeys and stuff for it, but even then still like doing a bunch of like actions to set up a shot and then like if you flub the button and miss yeah. it by a frame and it's just a blur, it's just yeah. like, And you can also cool. map uh, shortcuts to the L and R and the D-pad, which just seems like kind of awesome. Like I don't yeah. know that... That wasn't the case in the previous ones, was it? I can't remember. I, uh, I think Ratchet so. and Clank had it. I think Rift okay. Apart had that, but I don't think uh, I don't think the previous Spider-Man. That kind of rules. I'm I'm definitely excited to mess with this. Um, but yeah, that is a handful of uh, you know little bits of little 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 bit of little bits of Spider so, news. Um, man, we really we have had this this thing in the run of show that's been getting kicked down the road for just like weeks at this point, which is the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth segue versus the Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth segue. Should we argue about the segue right now? Do Let's do it. I think so. We sure. got time. Let's okay. do it. All right. We're definitely going to do that thing that we always do where we talk about something for a second and then we completely run out of steam and then we're like, oh, we don't, we don't have the full length amount of show to talk about. Anyway, um, so yeah, we got reveals for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth where it showed Cloud riding around on a Segway. Yeah. Kind of, kind of a silly addition. It's very silly. Also <laughs> got Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which has Ichiban Kasuga riding around on a Segway, which is... I feel like a much more... Segways, all the rage in 2023. It really an odd addition to two massive, you know, Japanese games, two JRPGs. Uh, having it in, in Yakuza feels like, you know, they were doing research. It's the new one set in Hawaii. It kind of makes sense that they would have, you know, somebody scooting around on a Segway like they saw a tourist go by doing that. That checks out. The fact that they had to go out of their way to be like, yeah, let's put a Segway in Final Fantasy VII. Why not? There would If you, if you showed somebody a, a Segway... <laughs> When the original Final Fantasy VII came out, they would think that was a vehicle from Final Fantasy VII because it's a nonsense science fiction vehicle. So my question to you is this, is realistically, if you had to ride a Segway, would you rather do it in a Final Fantasy realm, off in the, the, in the land of Gaia, Midgar, whatever the hell, or would you rather do it on a regular old vacation in Honolulu? Jada? Uh... I, I have to go with in Honolulu with Yakuza, mostly because yeah. mostly because if I'm writing anything in Final Fantasy's world, it's gonna be a chocobo. Fair like point. there's no point why would I mm -hmm. why why would I stand when I could sit yeah. while writing and climb mountains? My seg the segue in Final Fantasy is not gonna be able to climb mountains or fly through the sky or run across was, water. That's an interesting angle. Uh, you know, that's that's your thinking pragmatically. I am. You know? I'm always I'm very segue is one of the most ludicrous things you can ride in Hawaii. Whereas in <laughs> you know in Final Fantasy, dream dream big. Uh, yeah. Brian, what about you? What's the state of the world in both of these circumstances? Like, wh what's happening at, at those exact moments? Because I know things aren't going great in Final Fantasy during the events that one would be riding this segue. I mean, right? the world's just kind of dying, but well, you know, also what's in new? that world, I don't think you I mean, would be same. the hero, Brian. You might just be like someone that's in the world. Like, you're not going to be, you know. It's true. It's true. You wow. might not. You might not have enough animal handling skill to, you know, to raise a chocobo. Her. Yeah. Yes, that was a Baldur's Gate. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. I just, no, no, I, it's I just fine. Mean, you, <laughs> but you don't have that that anime hair that kind of you know oh, heroes oh, are wow. known for. Oh wow! Low blow. <laughs> Why? 
what? Low blow. Well, high blow, I guess, technically. It's on top well, of it. That's, that's a two-hit combo. That was two in a row. Um, <laughs> yes, but I would still... I, no, I wouldn't have to deal with the enemy here, but I would still find it ridiculous, A. And B, if the world was going south and going horrible, I'd still have to deal with the repercussions of it, right? Even if I wasn't directly responsible for fixing it, right? And so I feel like if Yakuza, the stakes are uh, mostly low. It's like some gangs are rough and tough and some people and the Dylan, you know, I, you know, stealing I, your I segue. In, I've mm -hmm. lived in cities before. I can, I can, I can hold my own and, you know, know how to, you know, uh, not get into, in the, in the tussles when needed. But like, if the whole world is falling apart because of like some evil m magician villain or whatever the <laughs> hell is happening in final fantasy, then yeah, I don't want to deal with all that. Look at this. You can, you go swimming in the ocean. I love to swim in the ocean. Do they even well, have a segue in into the ocean? That I don't think I would do that really in either fun. of these places. Don't, don't do <laughs> Keem, what's what, what are your thoughts on this? Where would you ride a Segway? Well, I mean, the Final Fantasy world, of course. I mean, Am I allowed I, to insult him now? Or yes. Just, yeah, okay, yeah no, go no, for it. You no, don't no, have do to ask permission, fellas. Just <laughs> get out. Go nuts. <laughs> it wasn't intended as an insult. I, was I don't care. It's fine. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was being very factual and don't take it like that. But no, I would I would totally ride uh, a Segway in um, the Final Fantasy world just because I mean, honestly, I've never ridden a, a Segway. And yet I'm, I'm looking at the website right now. They're highly affordable. The, the lowest priced one is like 400 bucks, which is insane to me. That's like that cheaper I, than I feel like they were just. Yeah. yeah, which is weird, right? It's it's cheaper than a. a I, I swear PS4 to God, I thought I thought they went out of business and that they didn't have a website. <laughs> so anymore. So I don't I'm, I'm I'm, this is this is not a joke. I don't mean to. La like set it up as such the inventor of the segway literally drove a segway off a cliff and died like it, they they had a whole thing they, they were a massive flop of, a, of an invention and then another company scooped them up after the fact there's a whole um uh it's a podcast called decoder ring that does an incredible deep dive on the history of the segway it is baffling it is yeah. completely mind-boggling it is an absurd absurd thing and i'm somehow just completely just flabbergasted they're showing up in video games let alone that they're still they still exist it's just a it's a bizarre bizarre invention why this year what was like the, technically technically they're isn't aren't they both these both out next year next year why next year <laughs> max was it was it obi-wan or andor the show that just had like the regular ass boston dynamic dogs show up one episode do you remember that yeah like they were like supposed to be was... droids but they were just like oh yeah yeah, and like to me, that's like that's like that's the thing about Final Fantasy. Seeing a Segway in Final Fantasy is like I don't know. It's one thing when like when they had like an actual car, you know, mm -hmm. and like it's the boys the motorcycle. It's neither here nor there. Yeah. It's from getting yeah. from here to there, but it should it is neither here nor there as far as vehicles go. Because it's like I always liked in, in Iron Man one, uh, what's his face, Jeff Bridges, the the bad guy. Spoilers mm. for a twenty seven year old movie or whatever. Uh, he rides a Segway around, and like initially, I think you'd watch it and be like, oh look at this, look at this asshole, and like sure enough. That was the tell. It was foreshadowing. He wrote a Segway, and he was mean. Yep. It's a yeah. ridiculous businessman vehicle. Uh, no, what, yeah, what that... ridiculous, what ridiculous uh, 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 form of transportation we think is going to return? We think those uh, hoverboards are going to come back? Those two-wheeled, no-handle? Oh, things? man. We had to ban those from the IGN office at one point because people were just riding them around and crashing into other people, and it was just... <laughs> Oh yeah, Paul Give Blart me the Mall Paul... Cop was literally inspired by how ridiculous the segways were. Like they, <laughs> those dudes saw one and they were like, "Let's write a movie about how terrible those things are. Who should ride it?" And then they created Paul. Bl I'm not even making this up. It's in the Dakota <laughs> Ring episode. It's really, it's very interesting. It makes me respect the Paul Blart media franchise a little bit more. The duology of Paul Blart films. And wait, there was two of them. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um. Have, okay. So wait, Jada, have you have you ridden a segway before? I. <sighs> 
It's a yes or no question. <laughs> I written? don't think I have. No, I don't know. <laughs> have I written? I've, I don't I've written know. Forget. I Max, I've I'm written a, world a thousand. Traveler. I've traveled the world. I've been to like eight countries. I don't remember if Any I've written a Segway. Segway? No, none of them. None of them. I didn't write a Segway in any of those Ryan, countries. Ryan, I know the answer to this question. You've not written a Segway. No, I and I was I was I on my honeymoon like like nine years ago in Paris, and my wife and I were like on this like very romantic bridge, and we were just like holding hands, walking around, and we were like thinking about how beautiful <laughs> it was, and all of a sudden this. This extremely French guy went by in a Segway, and we both like almost hit the floor laughing so hard. Like we like we were like in tears laughing because I think it was like the first time I'd ever seen one like face to face in person, and it was there was nothing else like it on that bridge. Like there was the guys with the bicycles and the baguettes, you know, and the carrots or whatever. They, the ones that <laughs> people there was riding this guy. Segways look like Ooh. how I feel when I exercise. Yeah, like, it looks it's so just, dumb. There's like a, a like a just a. <laughs> a kinetic shame to it i don't yeah <laughs> i remember back you... in chicago no i've never but i okay. remember riding the bus way back when in chicago and that's uh, normal though that's a totally to... different vehicle hold on, <laughs> hold on there's <laughs> more to the story okay jeez no i never but i remember riding the bus no that's not that's not where the story ends okay brian no i remember riding the bus way back in the day in chicago all right uh -huh. and seeing segway tours taking place people uh, you know, they, they have like a, a leader, you know, who's who's also on a segue, like oh, six yeah. people behind behind him. Like, and if you look over here, there's the bean. And if you look over there, there's uh, there's uh, the Willis Tower. Yes, yes that's it's, right. It's, a, it's, a call, it's called a tour guide, not a leader. <laughs> I'm the leader. <laughs> what do you call them, tour guides? No, in Chicago. All right, Brian, I'm from Chicago. Okay. I actually call think them they're pronounced. I think it's actually pronounced guide tours um, is what they're called. <laughs> Guide tours. <laughs> guide tours. They're not tour Neither guides. They're guide tours. Chicago. You don't know guys. what they are called. <laughs> I think you're, just make, you're making stuff up. This is not a Chicago okay. thing to okay. call somebody a tour guide so a leader. Chicago is not a place I would ride a Segway because it's too windy, and I feel like that's really putting the whole like the the balancing act of the Segway to the test. Think Many about people this, have though. fallen off, and it's been hysterical. Yeah, that. no, they're yeah. they're a, they're a very they're a ridiculous vehicle. It is one of the funniest vehicles to see someone fall off. <laughs> I would not, not including ride a the Segway died, in Hawaii because I feel like I would see someone I knew or mm. someone who would would see me, and they'd be like, "Hey, you look familiar, and you're on a Segway. What's up with that?" And I would be like, "Oh no!" So either I would just wear speed a, away. I would <laughs> just. They don't go that. Fast. <laughs> <laughs> I would I, I would either need an elaborate disguise to ride a Segway, which would fit in the Yakuza world. Yeah, that's that's a fair point. That's a very good point. They do add they added disguises to the upcoming uh, the man who forgot his own name or whatever it's called. Erased his name. Side side mission. But yes, Gaiden, whatever. Uh, but then if I had to ride it in Final Fantasy, I feel like it, again it would really like it much like in Chicago be putting the Segway to the test because you'd have a giant Buster Sword on your back, and I feel like that's just going to be really right. a huge, just a huge. Uh, you know, strain on your on your lumbar, probably. I could see you wielding a Buster Sword. I was gonna say, you. I was like, you really, you're putting yourself in the Buster Sword camp. That's I, what you'd wield. Yeah, well, I could yeah, see you with a sword. Case. I couldn't see you on a Segway or in a disguise, and both together would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> like if you if you put on a big costume and you got on a Segway, I I would laugh so hard I would die. I know that would. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> I think I talked about like getting a bicycle once and you were like, you just started making fun of the idea of me riding a bicycle. I just can't picture it. You're just, you're seven feet tall. You can't be in a bicycle. 
<laughs> you know, one of those big old penny farthings. Just ride that around. Um, yeah, you walk. You walk like the the bad guys in War of the Worlds. Like you can't go on bicycles. <laughs> You're too tall. You're like a stilt guy at the at the at the circus. You can't do it. So maybe in that sense, the Segway is a good vehicle because I don't have to move my legs at all. I could just kind of. You can even hide them. You got like a sort of podium around it, like a little. They have those. Yeah, like how yeah, Akeem yeah, made fun of me, sure. and I was like, I don't really have any dirt on Akeem, so I'll just make fun of Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Max has this very tall torso, so his body kind of like. Wobbles. Yeah, this is it. This is, this is this is this is Max when he wakes up in the morning. <laughs> For those All the people in his neighborhood, our producer is showing footage from the 2005 <laughs> Steven Spielberg masterpiece, The War of the Worlds. <laughs> Doing a good show today. Doing a real good job. Oh Jada, you playing any video games? You got anything? Oh my on? goodness! Yeah. Um, <laughs> I booted up uh, Axiom Verge two the other night, which is a yeah. Metroidvania kind of style game, and it's, it rips. It's pretty cool. I played it for like maybe I don't know two hours. I beat like two bosses. Uh, but yeah, really cool little thing. Um, and then I'm just kind of building out my list for my trophy sprint in oh December. Um, I've got right now the the preliminary list that I will uh, eventually whittle down is right now at 29 games. I definitely will not be playing all 29, um, but uh, I'll whittle that list down to about 16. I've got things in there like uh, Gravity Rush, Infernax, um, considering doing, uh, oh, Plague Tale Requiem, the, the Plague Tale sequel, Plague Tale Innocence rocked, and I haven't played the sequel to that one yet. Um, but yeah, I got a oh, bunch of other rats. stuff like that. Yeah, there's all the rats, you know. So we actually were talking about this earlier, and this is something I want to kind of put out to our audience uh, to chime in. Um, what's the worst trophy mm. of 2023? And I mean, there's obviously still some games, you know, to come still on the list. But, you know, we always people always like they kind of pinpoint, you know, here's an easy game to platinum. Mm -hmm. But then occasionally you get those ones where like, here's a game I didn't platinum because of this thing. This one trophy, this like, one thing. it's tied to online. Maybe it's just an obscenely stupid, frustrating thing to do. There was like a Steam achievement, I think, that was like, have the game in your library for 10 years or something. It was, I want to say it was like Stanley Parable or some game like that. It was oh, yeah. Very... There was another, there was also that, well, no, that was, a, that was the, never mind, something yeah. else. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's some, there's some really wacky and weird trophy things. Um, uh, so one of them that I vetoed putting on my list was Sackboy's Adventure. Um, cause I was, I haven't played through that yet. And I was like, oh, that'd be, that'd be a fun little platinum at the end of the year, but you have to play like 20 missions in like co-op. So I'm like, I have to, I would have to force mm. my partner to sit there and play this probably very simple, simple platformer with me you for 20 missions. have a controller hooked up. And That's what I was thinking. Drag its dead carcass around. That's what I was considering. <laughs> so I was like, I'll test it and see, like, I'll try and get like the first multiplayer trophy with that. And if that works, then I'll just like, all right, then I can do it. But, um, yeah, that's, that's one of the ones I kind of veto just because of that. Like I don't, oh, uh, one of them that I really dislike, uh, mostly cause I'm playing, uh, I played it much later was the first dying light. Um, there is a trophy called polyamory where you have to complete, I think it's five missions with the same party of three people in one session. Um, and so it's yeah, like, I thought that trophy name was going somewhere very different. Yeah, no, it's just yeah, like, same. you just, they just want you to be together okay. killing right. things. So that's one of the ones that's kind of a bug bummer yeah. for me. Okay. Like, cause, uh, which about having a, having to find a full party in dying light one nowadays is that sounds like it. That sounds like a, like, it should be a trophy in of itself. Yeah. Um, yeah, dear listeners, send us an email uh, beyond at IGN.com. I got our ID department to make it so that, that stopped uh, not getting sent to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brian, you playing anything besides Pizza Possum? 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> you to think about that just as long as Jade had to think about if she ever wrote a segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk Jeez. soon. Yeah, okay. Here. Um, I <laughs> have decided, I, I don't know, I hit some point in Baldur's Gate 3 where I just was like, screw it, and I've become the worst. Oh, and I love it. I just am like really being a really bad person. And like, yes. I, I did the, the equivalent of like blowing up Megaton, where like early on you basically have the option to like help a bunch of druids, mm. or you can help a bunch of goblins kill a bunch of druids. And I was like, yeah, all right, I'll do that. And I just, uh, I'm like having points where like stuff is, is I'm, I'm so bad at diffusing situations that like mm -hmm. my party members are literally killing each other. <laughs> and I had to like save scum because like one of like, one of the girls I'm hanging out with tried to stab the other one in the neck. And I was just like standing there, like I was like, not even trying. I was like, ah, whatever you guys do, do your thing. You guys can sort it out. And then it was like, and I was like, Oh boy, I, oh, God. I needed her to fight for our audio listeners. Uh, our, um, red has uh, superimposed Max's head on the world, the world aliens. Now, um, really just top of the line, great. industrial light magic uh, on over here. Become uh, who you were meant to be. Max. Yeah. So the thing that sucks about that though, is that uh, on the one hand I did my weird little gnome man got to hook up with like, the you're playing a gnome too. Yeah. Nice. Uh, no, no. Smurfs. I look, I look like, <laughs> look like a Funko pop of Mark Zuckerberg. It's horrible. Um, oh, I yeah. made my gnome blue. So. I hooked, I hooked up with, with uh, the, like the night, night maiden Xanara or something. She's the evil, evil lady who you're supposed to kill. Oh, Minthara. Minthara. I keep forgetting yes. her name. And, but also I, I, she, we, yeah, she's, uh, if you, if you decide to be bad, she is very attracted to you. Oh yeah. And she yeah. sleeps with you basically instantly. Right. Yeah. So that happens. And then she's like, anyway, loser, peace out. Come find me at these towers. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then it immediately after you basically, you, you know, you, you, if you do the bad thing and you kill yeah. all the, the druids, it just, it, you're basically, you get like five, five, seven pop-ups that are just like this quest, this quest, this failed, quest failed, updated. Yep. And it's like, you just fail all these quests. And it's like, I'm kind of like, well, I locked myself out of doing a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, but it's the beauty of Baldur's Gate. That's the beauty of D and D. Yeah. It's like you're gonna play it multiple times. You're gonna you're you're gonna do different things each time. I would hope at least um, have different options and stuff. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I did a genocide the other night um, <laughs> in Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Whoa. Um, okay. <laughs> we uh, we went down into the Underdark, and the uh, the uh, Mykonids, the little mushroom people, asked us to go uh, to stop the the Dwergar, which are these like little dark gnome bad gnomes. Elves people um no, good you know yeah no about. up to gnome good and so we went and me and my partner I know what you're talking about we went and did it we went and did a genocide of all of them in their camp and then we went back to the myconids claimed all the rewards and did another genocide on the myconids okay. and so we did a double genocide really just it was great okay, you're being real bad over there i uh murdered a lot of people we ended up reloading the save of murdering the myconids but um okay but uh real mean it's great it's great. I, I've built my character, my little my little gnome. Her name is Poppy. She's a fighter, and she fights like Thor. Um, okay. Uh, I basically have this ability where I have this like glowing hammer, and I throw it, and it magically comes back to me, and I get to throw it like four times a turn. So I'm just literally oh, throwing awesome. my hammer at people. Yeah, it's great. That's a that's a very good game. I I'm chipping away at it so slowly. I'll kind of be amazed if I if I finish it in time for game of the year conversations. But I think it's a pretty uh, that game kind of ruins other games. Um, I mm -hmm. did. I, I finished uh, Phantom Liberty, which I liked, but it it also it like reminded me of a lot of stuff I liked about Cyberpunk and forgot about. It also reminded me about a bunch of stuff in Cyberpunk that annoyed me. We talked about that a little mm -hmm. bit last time, but like I I don't know. I'm glad I finished it. Um, 
Brian, Akeem, is there anything you guys you guys want to talk about? You want, you want to plug real quick? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I I know you asked uh, everyone else what what are they, what they're playing. Um, I I was playing around with my PSVR two just to make sure. What? Oh, Akeem, you gotta just jump it, in with that, man. It powers on. That I said I was just checking to make sure it still powers on. That's all. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. Big uh, update here. There is a big stack of, of PSVR games too that are that are recently announced and or coming out. I think it's yes. uh, it's like Tiger Blade and a few I'm others. Looking forward to Among Us uh, VR. That does look yeah. pretty cool. Pixel Rip yeah. 1995 is out today, and that's a game where you basically can uh, simulate the thrill of playing video games in 1995 at yeah. your mom's house and uh, arguing with other kids at Blockbuster about which is better, Genesis or Super Nintendo. Uh, they obviously can't use those names officially, but hey, if you need some uh, virtual console wars. That's a place you can go do it. Um, Jada, is anything you want to plug? Yeah, uh, we'll have a couple of other playlists and user reviews, uh, things going live later this week. Uh, the big one is going to be the uh, user reviews for Assassin's Creed. If you got a favorite Assassin's Creed game, uh, check out the playlists uh, that will get promoted on site, I believe, Wednesday or Thursday with Mirage, whenever that embargo lifts. Um, and uh, yeah, leave a review for your favorite Assassin's games. Nice. Akeem, anything you're working on? Uh no, I'm I'm gonna be gone next week, just taking a much needed vacation. Yeah. So if you want if you want to catch me, you can catch me on all the videos that we are producing this week, and of course you can check me out on my personal YouTube channel, geekheavy.com. Unfiltered Akeem. They filter me here on Beyond. I'm, 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 we only get, we only get geek there. light here. I don't yeah, even think they, we filter they, you here. No, <laughs> it, I, it's it's lightly filtered. Trust me. Trust me. You, have uh -oh. a, you brought a bubble gun on the show today. I don't really know what we're going to get. <laughs> There's a yeah. filter on it. Don't worry. You bring There's fog machines and oh. stuff on here. It's just, yeah. it's a, you brought a you, The, the you foam brought stars like a, is filtered. It, otherwise, it would say something else that starts with an F and some stars. A, a child's coffin with Sonic the Hedgehog in it on here. <laughs> so I don't even want to do true, it. That's yeah. true. Know yeah. what you do Brian, at night. Any, anything you want to plug? <laughs> no, uh, I'm working on some cool stuff right now, but it's 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 still, you know, in, in production in, in the meantime. Yeah. Uh, Catch, catch me on NBC here and there. Jada and I were on, on the episode just the other day. It was a really good time. Yeah, I had a blast. She gave me a Super Mario Wonder keychain, which I, I did. Love. You got Adorable. an elephant, little elephant Mario. Yeah. Nice. Um, I just put up the big old video for this month's big game releases. It's like October's big game release. It's like the most generic SEO friendly name for a video possible. Mm -hmm. It is not a generic or friendly video. It's actually, I try to be pretty friendly, but it, we put a ton of love and work into those every month. So please go check those out if you haven't. It's kind of just an entire sort of crash course rundown of everything getting released this month. And it is maybe the biggest release month of the biggest release year in recent mm -hmm. history, possibly ever video game history. So that was a lot of work. It's like 17 minutes long or something. So yeah, if you want to laugh at Max being probably his most hilarious self, just go watch that because I, I really enjoyed it and really laughed little, the whole way through. Little bit, it's a little more, more focused and corralled than it is here, but thank you all for bearing with me. I think we did it. The episode, we should probably just end the episode. No, we could go longer. Just, no, we can go no, longer. You know, I think we're good. <laughs> hey, everybody, thanks for listening, watching, and or, or hanging out with me on the show and beyond. 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 <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. 
That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.